when you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. In a way. Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation, and welcome back to the nation's official podcast. We are your hosts. I am TJ Kern. That is Blake Hartsfield. Blake, we left last week off praising the Red Raiders after two victories, talking about an important blackout with Kansas State coming to town. And all I got to say, Blake, after that performance is it's a good thing everybody was wearing black. Yeah, TJ, um, depending on the health and status of Baron Morton moving forward, could have been a funeral for this team. Um, They were in the game at halftime, 17-14. Uh, Baron Morton had just taken him down to score. Uh, he comes, he does not come out to start the second half. Jake Strong takes over, uh, and the Red Raiders kind of fall apart in the second half for a, a lot of reasons that we're going to get into, but they drop this one 38 to 21 and, um, pretty frustrating game. Definitely a frustrating game. Um, and right after we had thought we were building some momentum to kind of turn the season around, Blake. Yeah, TJ, they had come off two consecutive wins against Houston and Baylor. They seemed to have learned uh, that they needed to l- rely on Taj Brooks and run the football. Um, but TJ, after after Baron Morton got hurt, um, and you're now uh, reduced to a, a true freshman making his first ever um, appearance at the college level, what would you have done in that second half? Yeah, I, 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 not getting Taj Brooks the ball is inexcusable there. He gets eight carries in the second half, TJ. They dial up 28 passes for for young Jake Strong, where he throws three interceptions. And look, I'm, I'm not coming after Jake Strong. This is, Again, this is a true freshman making his first, getting his first reps uh, at the college level in a game against a good Kansas State defense in a high-pressure situation. I don't know what exactly the coaching staff expected from him, um, but I think you got about what you should have expected. Um, for them to dial up, and for Kitley in particular, to dial up 28 passes and only give uh, Taj Brooks the ball eight times to me is almost inexcusable. Yeah, there, there's just so many things that that went wrong in that second half. I mean, at halftime, I mean, we were pretty pretty pumped. I mean, uh, I mean, the Bear Morton injury had to have taken the wind out of your sails, I know specifically. Yeah, I mean, as you know, I've been a – and people who've listened to this pod know that uh, I'm a big Baron Morton believer. I've been driving that that bus since the Oklahoma State game last year when I first saw him come out and play. Um, he goes down with an undisclosed injury. TJ, it's one of two things. It was either a concussion, because there's if you go back and watch the game, there was a play where his head bounced off the turf, um, or it was a re-injury of that AC joint that he's been dealing with since the West Virginia game when they called a quarterback run for him. Um, and we've talked at length about that. Um, TJ, I guess the thing that, that is the most frustrating to me and, and to keep coming back to this is the the lack of committing to the running game in the second half. And, and when asked about it in the press conference, um, I didn't really like the coaching staff's answer, to be honest with you, TJ. They talked about both McGuire and Kitley talked about how Kansas State was putting an extra hat in the box and they were getting better looks to throw it as opposed to run it. Look, I'm, I'm all for taking what the defense gives you a lot of the time, right? Taking advantage of different looks. But um, at some point, you have to impose your will on the other team. Um, and in that situation, with a fresh, true freshman out there at, at the quarterback position, I think you have to commit to running the ball, even if you're going to have some some negative plays with that. 
um, for them to basically let the di- the defense dictate to them what they were going to do, and, and the defense smartly told, they basically said, we're going to make this freshman beat us, Kitley fell right into the trap. And, and again, that's just unacceptable to me. 28 passes for a true freshman quarterback making his first appearance in a D1 game, uh, first appearance in a college game. Uh, and it's against a good team, Blake. Kansas State, we knew they were going to come into the Jones ready to play. You even called it on last week's pod. They they were going to come in hot after losing the week before. And now you're sitting there looking at this team with Jake Strong possibly starting this week at BYU, another night game, another road game this time. And it's just it, – it's – it's heartbreaking because I, I I think you and I both fell into the trap of this is going to be a good year for this football program. Well, TJ, I, I think all the fans fell into that trap. And and look, I love Joey McGuire. I think he's one hundred percent the right guy for this for this program and for the school to build the, to build this team. Um, I think that maybe after this season, he needs to look at some of his assistant coaches, uh, and that's putting it nicely. Um, but look. They came in. It, it wasn't the fans that hyped up this team. It was the coaching staff. Joey McGuire's out here talking about how everything runs through Lubbock and they were going to compete for a Big 12 championship. And my personal favorite, TJ, that this year's team would, would beat last year's team by, by two touchdowns. Coach, uh, I hate to break it to you, but your squad from last year would whip your boys from this year. Yeah, Tyree Wilson is uh, pretty good, huh? Yeah, he's he's pretty good football player, TJ. So speaking of Tyree Wilson, he did play on the defensive side of the ball. What were your thoughts on the way the defense played? I know they uh, were a little surprised by Kansas State bringing out a a running quarterback, uh, freshman Avery Johnson, and uh, he seemed to be able to move the ball up and down the field at at will. He did, TJ. I I think that being surprised at at how effective Avery Johnson uh, ended up being is is fair, I think. It is to be expected with K-State that they're going to run their quarterback. This is what they do. Um, My understanding is this Avery Johnson, who's also a true freshman, was like the number one dual threat quarterback in the country coming out last year. Definitely showed that. Um, And and this is what K-State does, TJ. They they create these unbalanced lines and, and they run the quarterback. And it's been very effective for them for years going back to Snyder and that should have been expected, TJ. I think this defense probably had their worst game of the year by far. They, they just could not shut down the K-State running game. Uh, Avery Johnson runs for five touchdowns against them. Um, they only attempted 18 passes. And we talk about committing to the run. That is how you commit to the run, TJ. They, they ran it 47 times uh, and only threw it 18. Um, we're doing the inverse, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So what you're telling me is you got a freshman quarterback out there and you're going to run it 47 times. On the other sideline, you've got a true freshman quarterback and you're going to let him throw it 28 times with a guy to his right or left, depending on the formation, that was in the top five in the country in rushing coming into Saturday. Yeah, and, and again, they, they made the argument about the hats and the other argument that McGuire made in the press conference, which, again, TJ, and I would say this to Coach McGuire, I, I didn't really like his answer, that the he, he, he was averaging 5.8 a carry, so almost six yards a tote. He said it was a little misleading because of some long runs. Well, the long runs count, too. That's why you commit to the run. You, you wear on them, and then you pop one. It's three, three, 
two, five, 15, two, three, four, 17, three. Like you have to commit to it. And, and this offensive coaching staff abandoned the running game in the second half. They just, they decided to let Jake strong throw it 28 times. Not only did he throw it 28 times, but they called more deep ball patterns and, and more deep shots. And I think we've called all year TJ, the worst of which was on that, if you remember early in the third quarter, I believe it was still 17-14. We get it to fourth and two on the 50. Again, we talk about analytics and going for it. To me, that's a punt with the freshman quarterback, right? You punt, you play defense, and you pin them back. They elect to go for it. But not only do they elect to go for it, they decide that the the play call in that situation is a 35-yard fade pattern down the the right sideline. And it just – it just doesn't make any sense. It's it's inexcusably bad. They don't have any good reasons for why they're calling those plays other than, oh, we were getting a better look for it, which, again, to me is, is a bad argument. Impose your will on the other team, TJ. And we kind of talked about expectations last week too, Blake, and it's another topic for another show because now you're sitting here saying – Okay, we liked where we were at with Baron Morton. We got a couple of wins. Well, now he's hurt. Now that's two years in a row that he's gotten hurt. So now you're looking at Jake Strong coming in there as a freshman, having to have his first start be in Provo, Utah at a night game. And I don't know from a perspective of – yeah, they can't drink sodas and they can't watch R-rated movies. They don't cuss. Whatever you want to say about the Mormons up there at BYU, they get rowdy for some sports. TJ Provo has always been a tough place to play. I think everybody in college football knows that. Um, I think this – and we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be Saturday night. Uh, at the press conference on Monday, um, it is like DEFCOM – two over in in Lubbock they're not talking anything and giving any details about Baron Morton's status they said that he's a true game time decision um I think that this was a difficult game even with Baron Morton um if you're starting Jake Strong in Provo um I you're not gonna I'm a betting man you're not gonna get me to pick tech um and, and beyond that TJ if if Baron Morton is seriously hurt and is shut down for for this game and and more I don't know what other games on your schedule you win without him. Um, again, not taking shots at Jake Strong. I think he's going to obviously try his best to get out there and play. This team is going to compete, try their best. But I don't know what exactly you can expect from Jake Strong as, as a true freshman. Um, it, he was an average-rated recruit. He wasn't an, an overly high-rated recruit. Um, I think he is more than likely a guy that, was probably slotted in to be a career backup behind Baron Morton and then eventually Will Hammond. Um, so I just don't know what other games you win without Baron Morton. Yeah, that's a strong take about Mr. Strong, no pun intended. Or was it pun intended? I don't know. Who cares? I, I made a funny. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, about about Jake Strong, I, I kind of liked a, a little bit of what I saw. I just thought that uh, you would kind of tame the the playbook a little bit to kind of protect your young quarterback, but Preach. like, yeah, I mean they they've got UCF on the schedule, they've got Lawrence on the schedule, they've got TCU and BYU on the schedule. I mean, there's 
some winnable games there, but man, it would help if they had a healthy Baron Morton. It would, TJ. And and look, I think that you and I both agree that that not making a bowl game with with the expectations that came into this season is I'm going to call it what it is. It's a complete failure, right? It's catastrophic. Absolutely. It, it hurts your recruiting. It hurts your momentum. We talked about this. We've talked about the power void at the top of the conference and, and you wanted to have momentum going into next year where that's going to be available. Um, they've got to find a way to get three wins and get to a bowl game. The problem they've got, TJ, is you're, you're running out of opportunities here. Um, they've got five games left. You know, they got to find a way to get three of them. And I don't think you, me, or anybody in that locker room or any Red Raider fan across the state of Texas wants to be in a situation where going to a bowl is contingent upon going to Austin the last game of the year and getting a win. I'm of the opinion that you really need to get three out of these next four between BYU on the road, TCU at home, which, by the way, they look a lot better. They, they unveiled their new quarterback against BYU last week, and TJ, he looks like he can sling it a little bit. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. He he had a little uh, gunslinger in him for sure. He, he looks like even my wife, who is yeah, I've, I've talked about. She's a TCU grad, but she likes she watches TCU football, but she's not a X's and O's person by any by any means. After about a quarter of watching their new quarterback, she goes, she turned to me and she goes, "This kid can throw the football." And I said, "Yep, you're you're not wrong, dear." Um, so that game I think has gotten a little bit tougher. Um, in Lawrence, I've, I've talked about how Lawrence is not the most difficult of places to play, but um, I think everybody agrees Kansas is better than they've been in a long time. Um, and they've got a pretty good quarterback as well. UCF at home is the game you have to have. Uh, that's one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Um, so if, if any scenario in where you make a bowl game and get three out of these five, UCF is one of your wins. Um, and then the game in Austin, which is going to be a very tough game. Definitely. I mean, Austin is always a tough place to play, but man, you run a true freshman out there. If, if Baron Morton can't go, I mean, obviously he has time to recover from whatever this is that we don't, I mean, as the time we're recording right now, we, we do not know much of anything regarding Baron Morton to this point. And and TJ, if, if, Jake Strong is the quarterback in going into that game in Austin. Texas is going to be a 17-point favorite. I'm just telling you that that's what the line's going to be. That's probably a really good number. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's about what I think it'll end up being. If you've got Baron Morton, it's probably 9.5 or 10, maybe 11. Um, without Baron Morton, you're probably looking at 17-plus. And that's, I mean, that's a big number, even for college uh, college football, where you do see some bigger spreads, unlike the NFL. Correct. So that that's the reality of the situation they're in, TJ. They better pray Baron Morton's okay um, and hope that he can play starting against BYU. If he's truly 50-50, maybe you make the decision with the miniature buy coming up where they don't play TCU until the following Thursday, so you get 10 days off. Um, maybe you sit Baron Morton against BYU and kind of quote unquote punt on that game um, with the hope of you get Baron Morton back somewhat healthy for TCU. When you try to win three games in a row against TCU, Kansas on the road, UCF at home. That's that might be their best path to getting to these this six wins. But um, at the end of the day, they're in real trouble, man. And it it's just so frustrating as a alumni, as a fan, as a football lover, somebody that 
really wants this program to take off to new heights in the new Big 12. And, yeah, I mean, th this season just hasn't played out the way we thought. This is this is two in a row, Blake, with last year's basketball team and now, now the football team letting us down. Let's hope that the uh, basketball team can kind of give us something to look forward to. They just had their media days actually this week, and, and we'll get into basketball here on future shows. But I am excited about the first year of Grant McCaslin. But as far as to your point about this football program and it being disappointing and them now being in this situation where they have to go on a little bit of a run here and hope to get six wins to get bowl eligible and prevent a complete catastrophe from happening. But I'm going to keep coming back to it, TJ. Don't blow a 17 to nothing lead in Laramie the first game of the year. It's that simple. Don't blow we, a 17 to nothing lead to Wyoming. You called it the moment it happened. The typical tech game happened in week one. Yeah, they've had multiple typical tech games, in my opinion, TJ. I think the Wyoming game was a typical tech game, and I think the West Virginia game was a typical tech game. Um, I'm not going to hold it against them for losing a competitive game against Oregon. And then the game against K-State, they were in the game when Baron Morton was healthy. Baron Morton gets hurt at halftime. That is not the team's fault. I will say a lot of their problems in the second half. It would have been tough to win, irregardless of, of the, how do I put this nicely, poor play calling uh, in the second half. Um, but the play calling certainly didn't do them any favors. And you can't turn the football over. Um, I mean, the turnover margin is very important. Yeah, don't throw, don't throw it 28 times and let your freshman quarterback throw three picks. So, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I really don't know what else to say here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. Um, Provo, do we want to make first picks? chance to get up there and play BYU? Um, and one of my good friends growing up is a BYU grad and uh, man, they, they love their sports. That place is going to be rocking. So if it is Jake strong, you better get him in the uh, the uh, signals room and, and work on their uh, silent counts and, and all that stuff that you have to do on the road, which is so important in running an offense this week. Pipe in the music, you know, whatever you got to do to create the crowd noise at practice because that place is going to be loud. It is, TJ. Do we, do we want to go on record and make picks for this game or no? I mean – I think we both know where we're trending, but go ahead. Blake. <laughs> Who's the starting quarterback? I'm going to tell you it's Jake Strong. BYU by double digits. And if for some reason it's a hobbled Baron Morton. <sighs> How hobbled are we talking? Do I get 80% of Baron Morton? So we talk it, but see, that's, that's just so... It's so tough for us to sit here and even speculate. I know that's that's the, that's why I'm asking the questions. Do I do I get an eighty percent Baron Morton? I'll give you seventy five percent Baron. Seventy five percent Baron Morton. Tech loses a very tough competitive game on the road. Okay, so that that's fair. Uh, here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake and Blake. Before we get out of here, man. Uh, Somehow, TJ, before we, before we do that, they are actually favorites in, in this game. I, I'm still not entirely sure how the line is where it is, um, but they're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road here, and, and I don't quite understand it. So maybe I'm missing something, and, and Vegas knows something that I don't. Um, I 
frankly, I'm a, I, I bet a lot of games, CJ. I don't understand this line one bit. Um, maybe they just think we're that much better in, in, in the trenches. I don't know. Um, but we are a three-point favorite in this game. Well, before we get out of here, I, w- I will say this. They they have not played very well. They, they are 10th in the Big 12 currently. Yeah, they, they've struggled too. Um, they're one they and lost two. to Cincinnati. They lost to Kansas. Got blown out in Fort Worth. Yep, they're they're one and two in the Big Twelve. Uh, we're two and two. They're four and two overall. We're three and four. Um, they look all of the new Big Twelve teams. TJ have have struggled uh, in a surprise to any no one that has been in this conference. Um, the competition here is a little tougher than the AAC in the Mountain West. Uh, and, and you're seeing that Cincinnati's 0-3, UCF is 0-3, Houston's 1-2, and um, and their win was an absolute miracle Hail Mary from Donovan Smith against West Virginia. Donovan Virginia's. Smith, my guy! Um, frankly, Houston should have lost that game, uh, so they should be 0-3, but they're 1-2, and, and BYU's 1-2. and So, um, again, and a surprise to no one that's been around the Big 12, um, welcome to the Big 12, uh, to the four newcomers. Which is why it just adds more frustration to the season because there wasn't an Oklahoma on your schedule. You didn't play Texas until the last game. There's not an Oklahoma State. You had an opportunity here, Blake. And, and they had uh, games against three of the four. You yeah, you know, had- we're, we're just waiting to see what happens with the rest of these games here. Yeah, they had three games on the schedule against four of the new, or three out of the four newcomers on their schedule. They had Houston, they have obviously BYU this week, and then they have UCF in a couple of weeks. Um, They avoided both Oklahoma schools. Um, We talked at length about how this schedule set up for them to be really, really good this year. And unfortunately, they've just, for whatever reason, and it's been some common themes and and just some mistakes in other games, TJ, they're, they're not playing like a very good football team right now. You are what your record says you are. They're three and four and two and two in the Big 12. That that's a an average at best football. Team. I was gonna, the word I was going to use was mediocre. Yep, average at best, which is what you've been really since since Leach. I mean, oh. yeah, we had Pat, but I mean, we talked about the numbers that Pat put up. Vid- I mean, not even not even video game numbers could you put up on rookie mode what Pat did in college, and he he lost a ton of games. Yeah, I think like, they were the average football program as a whole. I think this fan base is dying for it to get on track. Yeah, this fan base desperately wants a win, uh, uh, not just a winning football season, but a a program that that resembles what we saw in the late two thousands under Mike Leach, TJ. I think they were um, average under Pat Mahomes. I think they were bad under Matt Wells. I think they were, frankly, the second worst team in the Big Twelve during his tenure. Um, and Joey McGuire seems, at least after year one, we thought that things were trending in the right direction. Um, but this year has been extremely disappointing. And I do bring up Patrick Mahomes because he was the last quarterback to start and finish a season healthy. How crazy is that? Bad offensive line play. And then over the last two seasons with um, the current offensive staff, too many uh, designed runs for your quarterbacks and, People get hurt, and it's uh, things that we've talked about at length. So, well, all right, Blake. I know there's a there's a baseball game. I'm trying to get out of here and watch. I'm trying to watch my Rangers in the ALCS. I don't know about you. You probably got dinner with the wife, 
But oh, no, I'll be I'll be watching out of here, man. How do we always like to end these things? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys next week on the nation's official podcast.